Okay, so what we we just to trace our and then we've got a new topic tonight, but just to get how we get to it's gonna be slightly related to last week. Basically you'll have an opportunity to vent all your frustrations and I'll sit okay. there and then I'll nod and then I'll say, You're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and then everyone will go back feeling much better. Um we began with the model that husband and wife are a single entity and the connection is deeper than the connection of a chair which is made as it is because if the legs and the, the legs are part of the chair so it's no it's no big deal that they stick together but if you have the possibility of separating the leg it could go to either side and it clings on so the connection is a much deeper connection because it's choosing to cling on so therefore husband and wife when they separated Gosh, it's the wrong way to start this year, eh? Mm-hmm. Just think of another, there's a story actually which Shoshana told me recently. It was quite a fascinating story. There was this woman who was in the throes of despair. What happened is, husband had come home absolutely furious. He walked in the door, and as he walked in the door, he looked at, he looked at his wife, and he said, and his face was filled with rage, because now I've got your attention. Back to the, back to the that was the end of the, that was, yeah, that was the end of it, that was the end of it. That's what the, so you've got man and woman are together because they want to be not because they have to be because they want to be and their commitment to one another creates the bond that they have yes so therefore the the bond the connection is measured by how much people put into it what we discussed last week was that in order to foster that connection the more you're able to see the good traits in each other so the more you bound together because when you see each other's good traits so then you're actually influenced by them when you're influenced by them then you get a, you get a, par- a portion in what they are the minute you respect something so then you, you, you're changed by it and therefore the way to connect is through looking at the good and not so much focusing on the bad yes and we discussed many different practical implications of it what I'd like to discuss today, amongst other things, but starting to discuss, and this was under, and Shoshana's going to have to take full responsibility, is she wanted to call the shear the power of the woman. <laughs> I refused. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the question is, how much in that dynamic between husband and wife, discussing a little bit of a sensitive topic, and I feel that this may raise some controversy, and I have a getaway car waiting, and if at any point in time I will run out. Um, <clears throat> but discussing a little bit the, the impact and the roles and the differences from a very male perspective, uh, that's why the getaway car is necessary. Because when I discuss and I say, this is what marriage is, you look at me and like, what is he thinking? What is he thinking? Why do you think that the power of the woman is um, not a right, not the right topic. Yeah. Not, not, not a good title. No, no, there's no objective reason, just I'm a mad and I don't want to relinquish <laughs> my power. <laughs> no, but it seems like um, a good thing. It's a good title, it's a good title. I just don't want to admit it. <laughs> okay. It's my issue, it's my issue. <laughs> we all know it's a part of the woman, but we'd, ra- we'd rather call it something more, more subtle, like the empowered man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, it's the Gemara. The Gemara says in Yevamot. It's on page Samech Bet Omud Bet. And the Gemara says the following thing. There's a whole list of Gemaras which describe what marriage does. Um, so the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Tanchum, Amar Rabbi Chinilai, Kol Adam She'ein Lo Isha. Person that doesn't have a wife. Sharo, Sharoi Belo, he lacks. Come on in. Everything. Everything. We have to be more specific, of course. Everything. But what is the everything he lacks? So the Gemara says, Belo, Simcha. He has no Simcha. Okay, so for me that was enough. The Gemara goes on and says, Belo, Bracha. He has no Bracha. For me that was enough. But the Gemara goes on and says, Belo, Tova. He has no good. Yeah. So in other words, it's great. It's a great thing for a screensaver on your husband's phone. <laughs> Little picture of you in the background. <laughs> okay, and then he goes and he brings a verse for each of them. It says, When describing that you have to bring your master, shiny master, shiny is a tithe of your crop, you have to bring it up to your shalim. So when you bring it up, it says, You have to be happy you and your house. And it doesn't say, It doesn't say the members of your household. So it's, and, and there's no obligation for a woman to go up to your shalim. So therefore, so that kind of, that puts an end to the secret of marriage and all good things. And now we're going to the next topic, which is about Master Shani. <laughs> you're, too, you're too wise to this joke, have you? You know, you know, you've seen it too many times before. So, uh, that, that, that you have to be happy you and your house, and your house is a reference to your wife, which is, which is a fascinating Gemara elsewhere. In the Gemara in Shabbat, it says that Rabbi Yossi, he never called his wife his wife, he called his wife his home. Which is very strange. We have to explore what that means. Because you should say it the other way around. You should have called his home his wife. Not his wife his home. Oh, God, you know. No, no, no. In other words, what do you, who's, who, who's, who's, the, who's the primary and who's the secondary? The wife is in the home and the home serves the wife. So you should have called, you shouldn't have called his wife his home. You should have called his home his wife. You shouldn't say that I, I never called my wife my wife, I called her my home. Rather, you should have said, I never called my home my home, I called her my wife. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. They're not, they're not loving that kasha. Right? No, no, like the kasha. Okay, fine, I'll ignore it and go on. We'll go back to it. Um, so that's below, below. We say that a man who, who's without a woman, if he's not married, so he lacks simcha, he lacks brocha, and he lacks tova. Those are three things he lacks. And um, we're making an app for cell phone screensavers. <laughs> and you insert your picture behind it. Okay? Oh, yeah. Well, it's good. We're thinking about doing it as a tap- tapestry to hang, in, to hang inside your husband's sunglasses. Okay. Below bracha, dechtiv, lahaniach bracha al-beitecha. Same thing. That to rest bracha upon your home. Below tov without good, because it says, Lord tov hiyot hadam levador. It's not good for a man to be alone. So those are three things. So in other words, a woman brings a man to semcha, brocha, and tova, whatever those things mean. So that would have been enough. The Gemara goes on. And it says, Bamarava amri below Torah. He doesn't have Torah. With other wife, he can't have Torah. That's quite shocking. Below Chama, he can't have a wall. Strange. Um, as it says, Blotor dechtiv 
האם אין עזרתי בי ותושיע נדחה ממני. When I don't have my עזרתי, my helpmate, meaning his wife, but to share the source of, source of salvation is not with me, it's a reference to Torah. And how does he go without a wall? That a, a, a female surrounds a male. So, great. So now we've got Simcha, Brocha, Tova, Torah, and Choma. So we have five things. Gosh, this is getting overwhelming. Let's keep on going. Um, Rabbi Bar Ula Amar, below Shalom. He has no peace. He has no completion. You should know that Shalom is your tent. Etc. So that's another thing. So now we've got Shalom as well. Um, do, 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 do. And then there are a few other Gemaras in between. And then the Gemara says. Um, Then comes on Rebbe Lazar and he says, "Kol Adam she'en lo isha, any man that has no wife, ain't no Adam. He's not a man." Shneim Azachar in the cave of Baratam, Baraam, Ekiat Shemam Adam. Amazing. Hi, how are you doing? So um, we just said that a man who is not, who has no wife, he lacks. It's just he lacks lots of things. So he lacks. It's okay. Yes. So a man, a man without a wife lacks. Which is simcha, brocha, tova, Torah, shalom, choma. Say simcha already. So that's six. And he's not done that done. So there's the seven things that a man who's unmarried is not. He can't have simcha, he can't have brocha, he can't have tova, whatever these things mean, and he's not a person at all. So essentially, the power of a woman, apart from anything else, is to allow, through, a, through the unity of marriage, a man becomes a man. And without a woman, a man cannot become a man. Why are you so smug? <laughs> this, is like, this is like her clinch of the last... Ten years of arguments. I've just come to a head, and I've been defeated. <laughs> so, okay. So we just said all the things that a man, a man, a man gets from getting married, and there's seven of them. Without a wife, he has no simcha, he has no Torah, he has no tova, he has no choma, he has no shalom, and he has no brocha, and he's not a man. And, and with, with, with that, he becomes, in other words, the process of marriage allows a man to become a man. So it's a very interesting thing, how does that work? So I think it's important to go back to our original point of Emunah and tell you about the story of the chulda and the boar, the weasel and the pit. Did we tell the story? We didn't tell the story. He's on the bed. The Gemara—it's another Gemara. The Gemara time. The Gemara time. It says that um, the rain comes. This is going to be. This is going to be quite esoteric. So I'm going to enjoy it, but probably all of you are just going to sit and like bear it. And I 
probably approximately within about 15 seconds I'm going to get those glazed eyes again. So I'll go back to the story of the furious husband. Well, we can always come back to him for part two. So the Gemara says that the rain only comes because of Baalei Emuna. It only rains because of the people who have Emuna. It doesn't necessarily mean that they believe in God. It means that they're trustworthy people. People who honor their, honor their trust. In other words, they, 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 they are trustworthy. You can rely on them. So because of them, the rain comes. Which is, a, which is a fascinating point. Because if you think about it, nature in all of its many facets is highly predictable. The one X factor in nature, I mean, it's not the one, but a primary X factor in nature is rain. Rain is unpredictable. You can't actually, that's why, there's, that's why people make money as meteorologists. Because you have to forecast the weather. You can't just set up, okay, what's the weather for the next 10 years? You can do it with the sun, you can do it with crop plot, you can do it with pretty much anything in nature. But rain's completely up for grabs. In other words, it doesn't have to be that it's faithful. Now, what the morale explains is that the relationship of the rain to the earth is a relationship of male to female. And the, when there is a muna in the world, specifically between men and women, so then the rain comes. So this is going to go back to the story of the Chuld and the Boar. The Chuld and the Boar is as follows. Once upon a time, in a place far, far away. See, when I say that, then definitely people are going to go to sleep. Yeah. I'll say it in my sing-song voice. And see how many people will be awake in two minutes. Once upon a time, in a place far, far away, there was a young girl. And this young girl was, she was dressed up beautifully. And she was sent by her parents to go somewhere and she got completely lost. And she was stumbling around, not knowing where she, where she was. And she... No. <laughs> you could try. <laughs> Hello? Hamish? No, no, no. No, I thought you were bad in cheer. <laughs> Obviously, runs in the family. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she's wandering around and she's trying to get very. She starts to get very thirsty and she sees that there's a, a well. So she goes over to the well and she looks inside and there's water inside and there's a bucket but she can't get the bucket up. So she climbs down into the well and she has a great drink and then she tries to get up again and she's stuck. She can't get back up again. So she starts to scream for help and there's a man walking by. And he, had the sc- he has the screams coming from the well. And he peeks his head inside. And he says, uh, hello. And he's not sure who's there. And she calls out and he sees that it's a girl. And he likes the sound of her voice. And he says, well, if I get you up here, will you swear to marry me? And at this point in time, she <laughs> she'd rather marry him than, even though it's not the most appropriate form of shidduchim. But it's, uh, she'd rather marry him than like die in this bore. So she says, "Yeah, 100%, no problem." And um, she, she, he gets her out of the bore, and um, he's 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 a little bit forward. And she says, "Slow down, big boy." And again, I don't know if that's a direct quote from the Gemara. And and she says, "You know, come back with me. Come to come to my father's town, and we'll get engaged, and we'll get married in the proper and." and formal setting, where are you from? And he says, I'm Jewish and I'm a Korean. She says, you know, let's not be like beasts in the field. Let's go and do this properly. Let's make a pact that we'll be faithful to one another and we'll only vow to marry one another. Fine, they make the pact and they say, we want to call on two witnesses. 
who would our witnesses be? And as they say that, there's a weasel, a chulda, that runs past. And they say, well, let the weasel and this pit be our witnesses. Superb. The girl returns back to her home, and uh, she's obviously quite a sort of after Shidduch. So, you know, the Shadchanim start phoning up, hello. And um, all of a sudden, she's flooded with offers. She's very faithful. So she just pushes them off one after another. And Shadchanim can be very persistent. So she actually, they, they, they're driving her crazy. So she figures that the only way she can like, get rid of them is if she pretends to be totally insane. So she takes on what uh, Hamlet would call an antic disposition. Shakespeare, it's familiar to you? Good, some people. So put, she puts on this antic disposition, pretends to be completely Meshuga, and uh, that pushes off about 60% of Shadchanim, <laughs> and for the other 40%, it's a challenge. <laughs> Which means it's perfectly normal. No! No, no, those, those, that, that's just a little twitch. <laughs> what? She kicks things in the air? Yes, everyone does that. So, for the, for, she puts up people and okay, basically she gets put aside and no one's, everyone stops looking at her and she sticks to her side of the deal. Meanwhile, um, the man, after having that emotional pact and making that solid declaration, goes off and finds a girl and gets married. Okay? <laughs> so he gets married. Okay. <laughs> he, go, he goes and he gets married and uh, his wife gets pregnant and they have a baby and one day they come back and they tragically find the baby's dead it's been killed by a weasel and and then then she gets pregnant again and they have another child and the child falls down a well and dies now the woman gets very suspicious and she says, one second, she said, you know, if our children would have died from something expected, that would be one thing, but this is too weird. There's something going on. Maybe there's an avera that you've done that you're not telling me about. And put under, under that kind of scrutiny, the man actually admits, and he says, well, this is what happened. And the way the Gemara says it is, she said, look, we go and find your portion. We're not meant for each other, and they get divorced. Shoshana kind of fitted in like a whole dialogue that went on there and she said, what do you mean? She just said, you're not my portion, go and get divorced. I would have thumped him. How dare you? You slippery snake. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm assuming like in the story, there's obviously, you know, the Gemara leaves out the exact details of what occurred there. But simply speaking, he went out there black and blue and he starts to go back to, to find this woman. And he, he looks around from city to city and eventually he gets to the city where she's living and he finds out about her and um, he goes to father and says, you know, I would like to marry your daughter. She says, my daughter's my sugar now, you can't, you can't go down here. Yeah. He says, no, really, I'll tell you what happened, I'll tell you what happened. And um, she, he says, fine, and then off she goes, off he goes and he, and he tells her the story and uh, she, she kind of takes off her strange behaviors, she stops being strange and they get married have many children and live happy ever after. And that's the story the Gomorrah uses to say what Baalei and Muna are, sticking to their promise. Now, the story is, is, is quite a strange story. And um, what does it mean? So I'll tell you what the, the Maral says, and it's quite a hard thing to grasp, but let's try to, try to understand it. He says that in the relationship between man and woman, the man represents Emet 
and the woman represents emunah. And there's two separate midot. There's something called emet and something called emunah. Now, what emet is, emet is when I have a clear and very solid realization of what the reality is. It's an absolute insight. It's like it's, 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 it's seeing something. It's something which is tangible. The fact that I can see that, that the, the, there's a connection between the legs of the stool and the stool, that's emet. It's obvious. It's not, there's nothing to discuss about it. So emet is the realization of the reality. Emuna, as we've discussed before, emuna is emunat chabalaylot. It's when you don't see it, but you know it's there. So you just hang on to it, because even though you can't see it, you just, you're consistent. Okay? Now, let's take it one, more, one step further. So for some reason, emet is masculine, and, and emuna is feminine. There's a, a, few, a few analogies which are made to the relationship of male and female in the world. Male and female in the world doesn't necessarily refer to men and women. Men and women are one aspect of it, but every man has got male and female inside of him, and every woman has got male and female inside of her. They are, they are on an abstract level, I'm sorry to say the word abstract, on an abstract level, they powers. There's something called a male power, and something called a female power. Characteristically, I'll give you two analogies to the male and female power. The one is the relationship is described as mashpia and makabel, the influencer and the receiver of that influence, mashpia and makabel, that's one marshal. The other marshal is tsura, form and chomer, and material. So let's use, and I think this is where I'm going to get a little bit dodgy, I'm trading carefully here. Um, I'm taking out insurance. Everything that I'm saying now, Shoshana told me to say. <laughs> perhaps not, perhaps not knowingly, but I'm sure she does. Um, <coughs> it's a Gemara. It's a Gemara. The Gemara says any person that has no wife has no Torah. So obviously, if he has a wife, the Torah that he has is directly from her. So therefore, I don't take any responsibility for this. It's totally her fault. <laughs> so like this. So let's let's use the analogy of the pot and the clay. So the clay is the material. The potter has the vision as to what the clay is going to look like once it's been formed into a shape. So now, the potter and his vision without the clay is a waste of time because he can never realize what his mind has in it into practical terms. The clay without the potter is useless because it's a shapeless form. The potter and the, and the clay combined create a vessel. Now, that's called form and matter. The form is in the mind of the potter, and the matter is the clay that you shape into the form. So let's say we're shaping, um, any preference to what kind of thing you want, you like a statuette, a big vase, an ashtray, has for shalom. So let's make, let's make, how about we make a flat, with like lipped edges, salad dish. How does that sound? That, if that's okay for you. So you've got the clay, yeah, all So now, when you, when you make that, when you make that salad dish, it's like a beautiful angle, like very, very artsy paint some like, nice flowers on either side, turquoise. And when you, when you, when you make, when you, when you make that, that, that gorgeous dish, so that's in the mind of the potter, and when he forms it, so then the clay receives the form. So in that relationship, you see both the form and the matter relationship, but you also see the influencer, the mashpi and the makabel, because the clay receives the form, and it keeps it intact. In other words, the clay sets and it becomes that form. 
You follow me? Now imagine what would happen is if you, you made that beautiful salad dish and then you came back the next day and it was clay again. It just completely lost its form. And then the next day another potter came and he made it into a vase of flowers, four flowers. And the next day it came and it was completely dissolved. And the next day another potter came and he made it into a little statuette. And this kept on happening. So then you'd have the relationship of form and matter, but there would be no makabel. There'd be no receiver because it means that the form that the clay received never stuck. So it's like it didn't receive it. If I give you something and you give it back to me immediately, you didn't get it. If you give me something and I say, I don't want that and I throw it away, so then it's not called a receiving. A kabbalah, kabbalah means when I take it in and it becomes a part of me. I incorporate it into myself. That's what receiving means. Yes, we're following so far? No need immediately to go back to the furious husband. His eyes were bulging and he raised his right arm and then all of a sudden, as he did that, from an earlier part of the share that you weren't here for. So you've got this relationship between form and matter must be a makabel. So the makabel is only a makabel when it retains the form. If it loses the form, it's not called a makabel. It never received the form. Good? Now, think carefully. Emet is form and emunah is matter. Emet is mashpia and emunah is makabel. Did you get that? I know you do. Emunah is matter? Emunah is matter, it's, it's that which is makabel, it receives a form. It's a, it's a, right. The emunah is the receiving of the form, what does it mean? You're not there? Think about it. Okay, I'll give you an example. Let's say that a person goes on an arachim seminar. Not from. Goes on an arachim seminar. Yes? You want to go on an arachim seminar? You went to an Arachim seminar, okay? Good. So you go to an Arachim seminar and you're completely distant from Judaism. And you think it's all a load of nonsense. And you go to an Arachim seminar and you're so overwhelmed by the variety of different proofs that are brought that you have this blinding realization this is true. So now, that's called an idea. But that idea has to make an impression on you. An impression literally means leaving an impression. So now, if it leaves an impression on you, so that means you take that idea and then you incorporate it into your life. And that means that your life, which is the clay, has received the form of the idea. The emet, when you live it out, has become emuna. So the emuna is the, the vessel, is the kli, is the makabel, and the emet is the idea, it's the vision. Because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, slowly, 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 okay. as I said, I said. Okay, but, but are you with me in the marshal? Absolutely, are you with me in the marshal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I think so. Yes? You with me in the marshal? The marshal's good. So now, therefore, therefore, if you say that that's, so now, if you go back to our story of the Chuld and the Boar, the woman has a natural inclination towards Imunah. Because she can translate things into action much easier than a man. A man has a more natural connection to Emmet because he can envision things much easier than a woman. So the man at the time of the pact, everything was clear. The minute he left her, he became completely unfaithful. The woman, at the time of the pact, she incorporated the idea and she didn't budge from it. So that's why you see throughout the generations of Kali Israel, it was always the woman that you could rely on. 
Because women have women, that's why Beschut Nashim Tzadkaniot Nigalim Yisrael. The whole Geula of Mitzrayim came about through women. The whole Geula of Purim came about through, through women. The whole continuation of Klal Yisrael comes through women. It's only through the mother that the Jew- Jewishness is passed on. Because a woman has a much more solid connection to reality than a man does. A man's connection to reality is much more ethereal. It can get, it can get lost in a second. Because he doesn't have that same power naturally to translate it into action. Whereas a woman, her natural inclination is to make things last and to receive them and to incorporate them and to just do. But at the same time, she doesn't always have the same vision as a man does. So in other words, in that relationship, in that relationship, um, <coughs> the, there's different roles. But the truth is, within a man and a woman itself, there's parts of, in other words, a woman can be a potter. Of course, every person can have Chomer and Surah and can have Mashpir and inside themselves. But there's predominantly strong traits in the different natures of men and women. Okay? Now, let's go back to our Gemara. The Gemara says, any man that lives without a woman, so Sharui below Simcha. So now you see the Brocha, or Brocha, or Tova. All these things are expressions of when a person reaches completion. For example, Simcha, the sense of Simcha is a sense of contentment. I have what I need. When you realize that you're, you're lacking nothing, that's when simcha comes about. When a person appreciates what they have, and they realize that they have a shleimut, so then they can have simcha. So a man who has no woman, he's completely dislocated from reality. He's living in a world where he can't, he can't root himself, and he can't anchor himself, and he can't be complete. When men, man and woman combine, so then the combination of them together, the woman allows a man completion, and the man gives a woman that extra dimension. You following me? So, so that's, in other words, that's one level of where a woman is the mo- much more, the power of the woman is that she takes this, this amorphous mass, which get, would get absolutely blown away in the universe, and she gives a tangible form. And that's why it's not coincidental that a woman bears the child. Because a woman takes away everything the man gives and she translates it into action. And if she doesn't translate into action, so then it just goes completely to waste. So a man without a woman is essentially completely powerless. Yes? Go on. Practical example. I don't do practical stuff. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So I'll give you a practical example. Yes? With marriage. With marriage. No. So, okay, so let's think about marriage. So, a practical example would be that I'll give you a very basic example and then I'll give you a more, hopefully, detailed and more meaningful example. The basic example is that you decide that you want to go on a picnic the park. So let's say your husband comes up and says, ah, I've got a brilliant idea. Let's go to 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 Ghana Yeshua and you can spend the whole day, it will be amazing. It's a very basic example because often the woman has the idea and the practicality. But let's say so the husband comes up, comes up with the idea and he says, Let's do so, let's go. So then his wife will say, One second, we're gonna be there for ten hours. We're gonna need to take ten liters of of drink, we're going to need to have lunch for the kids. What's going to be with the baby? We need to going to bring the blanket and how, where, the, where they're going to sleep. And she takes that idea, which is completely just an idea, and she translates it into action. 
So if the man had his ideas, so you get into the car and then you say, one second, there's no petrol in the car. And you get to Gani Yeshua and then you say, one second, we didn't bring food. That would be an absolute hazard. But the woman takes that idea and she gives it the flesh and the bones and translates it into action. Okay? Now, that's, that's true of almost every aspect of life. That a man has, has vision and he has design. Has, I'll tell you what a man is. There's a story about, this is exactly what a man is. And there's a man that was standing on the side of the road and um, the, in Russia and the Tsar is driving past in his golden carriage and he sees this poor peasant sitting on the side of the road and he looks at the peasant and he says my friend why do you look so downcast he says, he says I have no land I have no money I have nothing the Tsar says well do you know what I'm in a good mood and he goes to the back of his carriage and he takes out four wooden, wooden poles wooden stakes and he says, any land that you have between these stakes belongs to you. The peasant is so excited, he's going to have land, he can farm, it will be fantastic. He takes the first stake and he puts it into the ground and he starts to walk and he walks and he walks. And you can see the, stake, the other stake in the distance and he walks and he walks. And eventually when he's got this huge field, he puts in the other stake. And then he walks in the other direction and walks and walks and walks. And he's still in the very distance he's in, and he puts in the third stake. And then he walks and he walks and he walks. And he's about to put in the fourth stake and he thinks to himself, why should I put it in here? If I keep on going, I'll have even more land. So, he says, okay, he keeps on walking, keeps on walking, keeps on walking. And he says, but why, why should I put it in here? I could have even more land. And he keeps on walking, and he keeps on walking, and he never stops walking. That's a man. A man wants the potential, but he doesn't, he has a natural resistance toward translating it into reality. He'll talk and talk and vision and theorize and, and but the moment of power is a moment when you could be anything. The minute it becomes tangible, so you lose all the power, and that's when you gain it. But a man never wants to let go of the power. And this is the problem when you deal with, when I deal with guys and they're going out with girls, the most common question is, how do I know there's not someone better out there? Girls have that Okay, but for... <laughs> But for, for a man, it almost it can stop a person from getting married. It can stop anyone from getting married. But the, the idea is as follows, that if you get married to one person, that deprives you of the possibility of marrying absolutely everyone. The minute, you know, like they say a joke, it says, a chatan is domel melech, similar to a king. He says, a chatan is domel melech. He says, a bocha, he is a melech. <laughs> man joke. <laughs> <laughs> A chassan is like a king, right, when he's married. But a person who's not married, he is a king. Why? Because when he's married, he's married. Before he's married, he could have any girl in the entire world. So he feels like he's a king. Realize himself. Well, well, to flesh out his ideas and without him feeling like you're taking away his power. Right, so th that's... That, that, that's, that, that's a hard part. But you understand, that's essentially the power of a woman. Essentially the power of a woman. She, she, it says, Eze, there's, there's a woman which says, Eze Isha Ksheya, who's a, a good woman? Ha'oisa returned by the does the will of her husband. So the simple understanding is that she listens to what he says. But the deep understanding is that she gives her husband, she gives her husband his will. She makes him. Ha'oisa, she makes, Ha'oisa returned by the, she makes the Rotten for her husband. So she creates what he is. She translates his will into action. Yes? So I mean, okay, let's abstract more facts. 
So how do you, how would you uh, how would you think of a more practical way of, of answering the question? Hey, the whole idea was that I would just be a front for you giving the share. We discussed that. No, that that's the theory. I, I understood. Okay, so what's the practical? The practical point is, the, the practical point is like I'll give you an example from me and Shoshana. The practical point is, um, I have this problem. I've got all the ideas in the world, and I would stay with all the ideas in the world. Shana said to me, okay, let's make a website. So I said, okay, great. So then, now I have a website. I can assure you that if Shoshana wouldn't have said, let's make a website, and then gone and done it, there's no way I would have done it. In other words, I need someone to focus me and to, and to, and to tell me, okay, now you have to do this. Without it, it's just completely impossible. And it's even in the little details in life. In other words, certainly, you see in terms of where a person can get to in his, in, his, in, his, in his spiritual aspirations, it's completely dependent on the woman. I can see from the guys I deal with that if you, if you have a wife who's behind her husband, so he can grow in learning. If the wife is not behind her husband, he can't. Because um, she'll say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Or she'll, she, won't, she won't give him the strength. And it's in everything in life that only with the woman's encouragement can the husband succeed. Without the woman's encouragement, a husband cannot get off the ground. In other words, there's two points. There's without the encouragement, you can't get the. In other words, there's encouragement and there's a focus. It's it's a translating husband essentially. He he can live his wife. He can live his wife and his life. He can live his wife without his wife focusing on assisting him to realize his aspirations. He can live an entire lifetime without achieving anything. And with his wife assisting him, he can achieve the world. That's 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 in that no that's that's in 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 every aspect. In this aspect, what you're saying about how man has an idea and the woman helps him to achieve it, it's the opposite. Also, that I find that no, the man says something can't be done, and it's the woman that comes and is behind the scenes organizing everything, despite what the man has said. It can't be done. Can't be done. There's no way it's gonna happen. But that, that that's the emuna. The same thing. That's the emuna. You know, the man's. The man doesn't have the strength to translate it into action. He says, I can see that's a good idea, but it's not going to happen. Because that's lacking emuna. Whereas the woman says, what do you mean? You can take that idea and you can make it tangible. Any, any, any questions until now? Was that all, did that all, res- did that resonate? Or did that sound very absurd? Or feedback time, interactive? Obviously. <laughs> So, so there's, there's, there's definitely, definitely not. In other words, like if they want to get a marshmallow go and shoot each other, we don't So, so that's where, that's where the cooperation between husband and wife works is that the wife is also a sounding board, and a wife. A, w- a wife to a husband has also got something which a husband doesn't have. But a husband has got one thing, he's caught up in, in vision and not in realization. And also, a husband is much more, because of his lack of emunah, he's much more seduced by the world around him. Where a woman doesn't have that. So, this is the kind of discussion which could have taken place between me and Shoshana, theoretically. Uh, Shoshana, I need a blackberry. Why do you need a blackberry? Well, 
because I need to store my phone numbers. <laughs> it's stupid if there's this phone, there's not enough space to store my phone numbers. She says, okay, so we'll get you a phone which has got more space for phone numbers. So no, that doesn't work. You need a Blackberry for that. <laughs> so she's like trying to do that. And like, obviously, it's because for a man, a Blackberry is geschmack. It's like, oh, I'm so powerful. I have the world in my hands. And there's no real reason for it. There's no real reason for it. Most people don't need it at all. I've got a friend who's a CEO in a company. And we, we learn once a week. And he said he thinks it's all just a myth. So he experimented and he downgraded to, literally, to a phone like this. And he says, it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay and he feels completely liberated. Yeah, of course. It would be very liberated. Completely liberated. But but a man doesn't have it. So a woman has this ability to that's why that's why it's crucial that that that, 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 that a husband listens to his wife, but also that the the wife doesn't she doesn't get pulled into things like a man does. A man's a man's a man's desires and his his he, what he's pulled by is or again, he doesn't have the solidity of spirit. So he's he's pulled by all the different currents and he goes in for things which are absolute rubbish and the woman just thinks like you're insane, what are you doing? So if we go home to her husband and tell them that the men don't accept it, should we have him call you? So no, so, so <laughs> Shoshana. <laughs> <laughs> the, the question is, the, the, only, the tricky thing, the tricky thing is another thing a man has, which is an extremely sensitive ego, which means, so you, you, the, the trick is, is telling a man what to do without telling him what to do. You have to, you have to, you have to, in other words, he has to feel that the idea was his. So you have to, you have to, yeah, how do you do that? Shana, how do you do that? Oh, excuse me. See, so that's part of the plan. Like, oh, never do that. Be do that. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing because there, there is this dynamic. So a, a, a man doesn't want to feel the loss of power. But really, the, the woman is the power. But the man, the man has 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 a status that he feels very threatened if he loses it. So it's a very tricky thing. Maybe like to ask him, like, what do you think about this idea? Yeah. Sometimes it works. Right. Yes. Okay. We have time for one more thing. Any other questions before we go? On? I do have a question. Go on. I won't be offended. What about what the husband can do to help and support the wife? Because no offense, but it sounds very one-sided. Yeah, of course. In other words, <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree. That 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 was the whole like insurance policy that I took out before. Because no, there's there's something extremely. In other words, if I would be giving the share to men, it would be a completely different share. So it's very I'll awkward, huh? <laughs> so there's actually there's there's there there there's a Rambam. Do you have a Rambam here? Okay, it doesn't matter. They're basically, sorry, there's two, there's two Rambams. The one Rambam is what the husband has to do for the wife, and the other Rambam is what the wife has to do for the husband. So, so, so in other words, in terms of all, already kind of, okay, we'll read it from the Gemara if we have to. The Gemara, that's the Gemara left out. The Gemara says, However, it is a person that loves his wife like himself. 
ומכבדה יותר מגופו and he respects her more than he does himself so, so the Ramah basically that a man has to love his wife like himself but when it comes to honoring her is to be much more sensitive to her than he would be to himself so there's a few explanations Rashi over here says um, that a woman is far more is far easier offended than a man so where I may say to my, my friend don't be an idiot you, you think like a donkey sounds better when you say chamor so you could, you could never say that to your wife in other words a man has an obligation to respect his wife much more than he does himself and Rashi says elsewhere which uh, I'm going to get into massive trouble for this okay, no one is allowed to tell your husband's where you got this information for um, when Rashi says that you have to respect him more than yourself yes, he says oops, okay, take it um, you have to buy your wife jewelry but it means oh gosh <laughs> so it means that, you, you, that a man has in the relationship between husband and wife a man has to cherish and he has to extend himself beyond his normal his normal frame of reference to honor his wife and to to love his wife and if he does that so then it says then he merits the shalom in other words the relationship has to be a very from both sides from both sides, in order for it to work, there has to be a lot of effort put in. What I wanted to talk about last week was something that the Vilna Gaon says. He says that a person was put into the, and this is for both parts of the couple, a person, and I'm sure we've all experienced it, I know I have, that a person was put into this world to break his midot drought. We're put into this world to break our bad midot. And marriage is probably the essential area where a person's negative traits come out. To the degree that Reb Chaim Vital says, if you want to measure a man, you measure him in his relationship towards his wife. He can be the biggest Baal Chesed and the biggest, greatest person in the world, and if he mistreats his wife, then he's nothing. So in other words, the relationship is the barometer of who you are. The relationship of marriage is the barometer of who you are. And that is the most difficult test that we have. Now, the Gaunt is a v- very interesting thing. Vilna Gaunt says that the purpose of being in this world is to fix up your midot trout, <coughs> to fix yourself. And he says, that gives a person life. When you break your midot, that's when you get life. And it's a fascinating thing. So the way I understand it is as follows, that a person is born with innate instinctive reactions to certain things. The idea of life is when okay, one second, let me just formulate this what life is what life, or the way you measure how much life there is in a given moment is the amount of newness that moment contains the more, the more, the more chidush there is, the more light, the more, the more, the more fresh, the, 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 the more there is that is here now that wasn't here a second ago, the more alive I am. In a very practical sense, let's take as an example, death. Death is when nothing changes. The more you change, the more alive you are. The more you repeat the same things, the more dead you are. So a person can be alive and dead. Meaning, when you're alive and dead, it means that you function the same way today as you functioned yesterday. That means there's a part of you that's died. 
if today you're completely different from who you were yesterday, so then you completely you the most alive thing. Because change is a description of life. And the way change occurs is your midot push you in a certain direction and they don't budge. In other words, you see, you see that couples go around in circles and they can argue for the same things for years. Same arguments, years and years. That's pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic. It means that you're not changing. You just keep on going and saying, again. And why? And again, and again, and again. That's pathetic. That's a call to say, you have to change. Person has to change. The whole of life. The more you change, the more alive you are. That's why the Gemara says an interesting thing. Um, quickly. The Gemara says that the 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 wise, the minds of the wise are settled. The minds of the wise are settled by drinking old wine. It's a bizarre thing to say. Diet Zakanian are settled by drinking wine. Wine, who cares? So you have to understand the following thing. And it relates to what you're saying. It's again it's gonna go a little bit esoteric, but you'll bear with me. There's um, two statements which brought the creation of the world into being. The one is the ten utterances, the the the, the um, Asarah Ma'amarim, which created the world, the Ahior, that there should be light, etc. And the Ten Commandments. Now, the ten utterances which created the world, in other words, the physical world was suspended on the spiritual world. Because in the, in the description of the creation of the world, the verse says, the sixth day. And Rashi points out that the entire world was suspended waiting for the sixth day of Sivan upon which the Torah would be given. If the Jews would receive the Torah, so then the world would continue existing. If they wouldn't, the world would just disappear into nothingness. So the ten statements of creation are suspended, are dependent on the ten Aseris Adibris. The ten commandments are, are what the world was created for. If they didn't receive the ten commandments, there's no world. There are two faces to nature. There's the natural world. The natural world is the way Hashem reveals His will to us. The way He reveals His will to us is He says to us in the natural world, He says, I want you to not jump over cliffs. And the law that I have, I beg your pardon. Well done. And the, the law that that's called is that you have to obey the law of gravity. If you disobey the law of gravity, you'll be a smudgeon on the floor. That's called the law. So by looking at nature, and because we have the ability to determine cause and effect, we can derive our law that Hashem wants us to do. Hashem says, I want you to not go in the freezing cold, because if you do, the punishment is you'll get a cold. Hashem says, don't put your hands in fire. If you do, it will get burnt. The laws of nature are the way Hashem reveals His will in nature. That's the externality of the world. The internality of the world the internal part of the world is Hashem expressing Himself through Torah. There, you don't see the natural cause and effect, you see a spiritual cause and effect. In the world of the spiritual cause and effect, so that's, the, that's a deeper... Hashem says, don't bow down to idols. But when He says that, if you bow down to idols, you don't feel a natural consequence, you feel a spiritual consequence. So when you keep it, you don't keep it because you have to, because nothing will happen, as it were, you keep it because you want to. 
when you keep the natural laws, you keep them because you have to. You don't not jump off the wall because you're choosing to. There's no choice because you know what will happen. So the, so the Torah laws are much deeper because they come from internal. The natural laws are the external. So you've got the internal and the external. The way it works is as follows. The internal world, the world is Hashem recharges the recreation every single day, non-stop. He recreates the world. That's our perception. Our experience of life is not like that at all. We see life as a continuum. We don't experience the newness of life. But as says Hashem, recreates the world every second. But we don't experience that. We experience this moment as if it was this floor. It's not being recreated now. It always was. So the essence of life is hidden. It's camouflaged by the surface of life. The surface of life, what appears to be, is things decay. Things, which, things get old and they cease to exist. You follow me? Plants die. Buildings disintegrate. Things decay. But that's all an illusion because in the essence of life there's no reason why anything should decay because everything's being recharged every minute. As a, as a, as, as, as a, as a marshal, medically speaking, calling our doctor, the cells in your body are replaced every three months or so. Does that mean, is that right, doctor? Uh, yeah. Huh? More than that. More often than that. So in other words, the body that I'm carrying around with me isn't the same body I had two months ago. Every single cell in my body has changed. But my experience of self is not that. I experience that this is the body I've had for years. But it's not. It's a new body. But you don't, you don't feel it. It's happening on a level that you can't perceive. It's not conscious. But it's happening. It's happening the whole time. But you don't see that level of life. You have to understand that level of life. You can't see it. But that's the reality. When you see that level of life, when you see the life beyond the surface, so then every moment is fresh and new. You could be really alive. When you're living on the surface of life, so things die. When you're living in the inner part of life, things get better with time. Wine is a contradiction to the normal natural passage of things. Food, when you leave it out, it goes rotten. Wine, the longer you keep it, the better it gets. The, the minds of the wise, which can be referring to any of us that learns from the lessons of life and changes day by day, the more you experience life, the better you become. The older you become, the younger you become. Because your experience of life becomes more charged and more vital. So therefore, the diet of the zakanim is settled by wine because those two things are completely equatable one to the other. It's the freshness of the longer it's around, the better it gets. Not the longer around, the worse it gets. So the message in marriage is that marriage is a demand of change. If you don't change, your marriage is miserable. It's constant work, day and night. Day and night. And it's, day, it's, it's exhausting and you have to break yourself. But when you break yourself, the vitality and the life that you have is incomparable. It's incomparable. And the person you become and the greatness that you see and the freshness and the vitality, you're a different person from the person that you were two years ago. And marriage is the perfect form and ultimately the only yardstick of that. So therefore, um, with everything being said and done, that there's, there's different roles and there's different ways and there's different concepts to marriage, but ultimately, it's hard work, and that hard work is what life is about. And that hard work is... Oh! And that hard work is what gives the spark to life. Okay, ladies, thank you very, very much for your participation. It was lovely spending time with you. And... Um, Good luck. <laughs> Any questions? None.
good.